You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover. California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. What's up, fuckos? How's it going, Archery Unfiltered? Man, I am dropping an episode a day early for you guys. It is Wednesday. Um, you know, my main reason for for doing this a day early is because of all the overwhelming support I've been getting. Uh, just tons of messages from you guys. A lot of really nice, like, like supporting things. And I dig that. Like, that's really nice. You know, I don't mind, you know, if you guys got some, if anyone out there has negative criticisms, like I can handle it. I'm a big boy, but for the most part, it's been nothing but positive. Uh, you guys from out of state that message me, Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, you guys are super tolerable, especially considering, you know, most of what I talk about is freaking California and California archery and West coast shit. Uh, you know, it's all relative. It's all archery. You know, I, I think a lot of stuff I say you guys can relate to on some level. And, um, yeah, I mean, I know I talk about a lot of like events here. It's relative. I'm sure you guys got events going on near you. You know what I mean? You just substitute the names that I say with your guys' own local names. Um, I got an awesome guest for you guys tonight. His name is Brian Webb. He is the owner of Impact Archery. Um, he is a really, really awesome like shooter. He's a pro. One of the things that's awesome about Brian is he's one of these guys, very much like myself, Whereas when you get into something, you go balls deep, you know, you're going all the way in and Brian's one of those guys. He went so far as that, you know, he bought a shop, uh, he got into the industry. That's how much he loved archery, but he's not one of those guys that's just like, you know, I'm happy just, you know, saying I'm in the industry. He wants to be an active member of it and you see this in really good shops um west coast archery is a good example the owner up there his name is hans and that's a guy who actively hunts and he hunts big game like fucking crazy he's basically like our version of levi morgan and the only thing that stops him from killing more shit is that we're located in california and you guys know how california is it's you know might as well <clears throat> handcuff yourself to your nuts basically but uh yeah so you see this these these owners that own these shops that are super passionate about archery from the from the ground up these aren't guys that are just out there to sell some shit these are guys that believe in what they're doing right like if you ask hans i know for a fact you ask hans about you know broadheads arrows 
you know, what's, what axle, axle, bow, old X, Y, and Z setups. He'll tell you shit that he's used to kill. If you guys ever go into West Coast archery, it looks like a Shields or a Cabela's when you walk in there because there's heads fucking everywhere, like animal mounts everywhere. It's crazy. Um, so he tells you stuff out of passion, basically. And it's one of the things why I feel like people like listening to my show is they can tell I'm passionate about this. Um, with passion, I feel like there comes honesty. You know what I mean? You guys can you guys can trust a lot of what I say, and if you disagree with it, you know there's a good chance that if what I'm saying is bullshit that I will later realize it. <laughs> Normally, it'd be like an episode later. <laughs> um, but anyway, Brian Webb's one of these guys where he got super super hard into target archery so what's so freaking cool about that is he got as far as he could with coaching from various coaches he's competed at super high levels for that you know for that pressure and then when he felt like he couldn't go any further i think he went and got coaching from like real pros like real ass shooters um so Brian is like a fountain of knowledge. And if you ever watch him shoot, he has like the most consistent shot to shot. Like, I don't know if you want to call it form or process or whatever. It's he's one of the most consistent guys and he's very positive. I, if he has any hiccups in his, in his mind and his mental game, he definitely hides it well. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick his brain tonight and hopefully, get some insight into shooting the hinge. Um, I'm really picking his brain for me. Uh, and maybe you guys can get some benefits from it. Uh, real quick, I'm going to answer a couple questions. First one, uh, from my man, Mr. McGinnis. He said, Hey Wendell, uh, I have a brand new TRX 38 G2 and a V3. I bought this year. Just like me, brother. I got both of those. And I am upgrading to the new V3X. All right, cool, man. And bought another in different colors. What's the best place to sell used bows? Well, buddy, you're entering a world of hurt here. Um, because, well, not really. Honestly, you could probably sell bows anywhere just fine. I just, it's funny, I've sold a handful of bows. And I've never had a bad experience except for now. Except for like three weeks ago, I sold a bow and I sold it on eBay because I've been eBay had this special where it's like you don't pay any fees, you know, sales fees. So I I like selling shit on eBay. Usually you can price something way low and it will bid war up to what the price that you want it to be. Usually a little bit higher. So I sold a bow. The only downside is you get these people from other countries, right? Like this fucking guy messaged me, will you ship to Indonesia? And I'm like, fucking no. No. You know, I don't want to deal with that. Uh, guess who won the goddamn auction? Indonesia guy. All right. But the, what he did was he had it shipped to somebody in the States. Normally it shouldn't be a problem. The fucking package got lost. So now I'm dealing with like insurance, you know, the bows lost. Thanks a lot, FedEx. You fucking bastards. But that package is lost and now I have to go through that. So you do run the risk of dealing with that shit. Keep in mind, I've sold like seven bows now and this is the first time this has happened. Just don't ship FedEx, all right? Ship any other, anyone else, but f goddamn FedEx. So, um, 
other good places. Archery Talk, kind of dead on there uh, as of late. And really, Archery Talk is just for people hunting for like the newest bow. You rarely find people selling a decent working used bow of like a later year. So, you know, if you're selling, you said V3X or your V3, you might be able to sell an Archery Talk. Another place that's awesome is the classifieds on Facebook. There's groups, you know, like buy, sell, trade groups for archery on Facebook. Those seem to be where a lot of bows move, change hands a lot, like real easily. I've gotten some releases off there. Seems really reliable to me. Although, you know, there's been a rash of people scamming people on Facebook. It hasn't happened to me. I'm not trying to do a ton of business on Facebook, though, because they're trying to Facebook tried to implement some kind of Facebook pay bullshit. And it's just like, come on, dude, you already, you know, you guys already own everybody's lives. You really want our fucking credit cards too, or our debit cards. So anyway, uh, I realize I'm cursing a lot on this podcast. My wife and baby are at a birthday party, so I can just cut loose. <laughs> this is going to be an explicit one for sure. Um, another one from my buddy Carlos. He said, uh, hey. Uh, I bought those little Black Eagle fucking string tuner things. Let me see if I can find his message exactly. But he was like, I think they really work. And uh, I got my timing dead nuts even. Carlos, I like you. So I'm not going to be an asshole. All right. Uh, But I've never had trouble getting a bow to sync up cam-wise without sticking crap in my strings. If you have a bow press, I think it can be done. I, I truly think it, and if it can't, all right, you can get damn close and shoot that bow until those strings stretch into stretch into even timing. Just take some fiddling, you know? Um, with that being said, you've already put these in your bow. They already have your cam synced up. You like it, all right? Run it. I'm not going to be the guy that's like, take that shit out of your strings. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of what I suggest to you guys on this show are just suggestions. They're things that I've come across along my, I mean, I'm still coming across shit on my journey, right? Um, so I'm, that's just what I'm sharing. And at any point, you know, if you guys are like, you know what? I was with you until this part and then I went my own way and this works for me. Dude, right on. I am all for all of us getting better. And if that means, you know, you have to give me the middle finger at some point, by all means do it, okay? Um, If not, or, you know, if you find something that works and you think it's the shit, share it with me. I'm open-minded to a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. I mean, not multiple partner stuff, but a lot of archery shit, I am... I am right in there. Like you guys can suggest some stupid shit to me and I, I will try it. Um, with that being said, uh, let me give my buddy Brian a call and we will get this show on the road. Hello. Hey, Brian. Yes, sir. How are you doing? Dude, you always call me, sir, Brian. I'm so beneath you, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> Uh, it's just out of respect. Oh, You're dude. such a good shooter. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it, dude. We're all good shooters here, man. How have you been? I've been doing good. Cool. Been staying healthy and shooting when I can. Awesome. Awesome. How often are you shooting? 
Um, every morning when I get my butt out of bed and I get ready to go to the shop early, <laughs> I'll shoot. I'll shoot probably like a game or two in the morning. Sweet. Uh, and then uh, after work, some days during the week, I'll I'll hang out for an hour or so after work and shoot. Awesome. Awesome. Work, work on something I had an issue with in the morning. You know, is when you get older. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I'm finding it out firsthand right now. <laughs> I'm not a spring chicken anymore. All these tricks I used to use don't work anymore. And it's like, okay, all right, that's cool. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, Brian, you're going to be shooting this weekend with us uh, at the AB Invitational. Uh, yes, sir. I'm super excited to shoot with you. You're always a solid shooter. Um, Can you – I okay, so I've been talking on this show – I. A lot of my listeners are from other, like outside of California. Okay. Can we introduce, like I introduced you already. I, I did this little intro part in the beginning where I talked about, you know, Brian Webb. He's the owner of Impact Archery. How long have you been shooting for? Uh, since 2010. Cool. Um, and it started off as just a, sitting around the dinner with my wife and the two girls that were left in the shop or in the shop, in the house. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, just needed to do something family with them. And uh, it ended up being archery. My wife suggested because she'd done a little bit in, in high school. So my wife suggested it, and then we took off from there. That's great, dude. So you're a 12-year veteran of this sport. Uh, working on it. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, I w- wish it would have started a little sooner, but you know, you just don't know things until you get into them. Dude, I feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's crazy is we if we didn't start it when we did start it, we might not be where we are now. Like, who knows what comes along? Exactly. You know, we might, you know, pick up archery and then figure out we like go-karting or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you think that. <laughs> I know. You're like a motorbike guy at one time, huh? Yeah. 27 years in the motorcycle industry as a tech. Damn. <laughs> so, so, when did you start competing, Brian? Um. Well, the probably the second the second year Uh well no i take that back i take that back it was within the first year because um 2010 when i started with the one daughter started off competing and we did our first state 900 together oh cool Uh, so that was at my actual first tournament Uh and it was out out at uh darren ball i don't know if any anybody out there knows darren ball but it was out at his parents house is where the first my first state 900 was oh sweet Is that down in uh, the Clovis Fresno area? Yeah, is out in Clovis. Oh, sweet. So, Brian, one of the things that like um, I really respect about you is that, well, first you have a super positive attitude, which puts my positive attitude to shame. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the other thing is, like, you're one, you're a shop owner, but you're not just a shop owner who's there to sell bows. You're a guy that's super passionate about shooting. So yeah. I, I know you've put a crap ton of work into figuring out how to shoot. And um, like, f- we'll give everyone like a framework here of what kind of gear you use. I think, are you a hinge shooter right now, Brian? I go back and forth between the hinge and a button right now. Uh-huh. Which one are you, are you still is like 50-50 at the moment or are you shooting one more than the other? I'm, I'm probably shooting a button a little bit more, uh-huh. um, but... Last night, Adam and Adam Korea came by the shop, so we hung around for an hour, and we actually went heads up against each other. And uh, shooting the button, 
I was getting a little giddy with it, so <laughs> I went back in and finished off with a, a 25X. Oh, damn, cool. So <laughs> he was bummed, but it <laughs> did you okay. get him? Did you get him? Yeah, I got him by five. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. So for people that don't know, Adam Korea is a, he's a shooter. He's a California shooter. He's an amateur right now, right? Yes. Uh, he shot a 450 last year for our state 450. Yes. And I think it landed him in second. Someone got him on X count, but. Yeah, they got him by a few Xs. That's still stellar. That's an incredible shooting. Yes. Yeah. I know you uh, have some good 450 years under your belt as well. Uh, I shot a 450. So Adam did it last year, year before I did a 450. Damn. And, um, it was a 30, what, 30, 31 X, I think is what oh, it was. Man. Um, jeez. I, I have my days just like everybody else. <laughs> that's the, okay. So that's one thing that I'm trying to like settle with. Like I've, I've mentioned before, like, yeah, we have ups and downs, but uh-huh. Like the days that I don't have ups, I am so tempted to change everything, like change my <laughs> shit. Like I'm just like, get rid of this, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Brian, what kind of bow are you shooting? At the moment I am shooting a citation 36. Okay. Um, Matt Tippins, who's another local shooter here. I love Matt. He wanted, yeah. He wanted to do a switch up. So him and I traded bows. I traded a Bowtech. He wanted he wanted to shoot the Bowtech, and I said, "How about we just trade? I'll trade you for the Citation." Uh-huh. Um, and then I switched the cams on it, went to the SE cams, uh-huh. and uh, put a set of strings on it, tuned it up, and that's what I'm going to come this weekend with. Sweet. Um, what kind of let off do you shoot on that? That one currently, I'm shooting seventy percent with the Bomar stops. Oh, so cool. it's, it's a little bit less than that. Okay. So it's about 70. Let's put it that way. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm just trying to, I'm like trying to picture like how, like what you're, sh- what you're shooting, your shot feels like here. Um, and then your release, do you shoot, is your hinge, are you still shooting an HT or what What kind of yeah. releases you're running? HT? The flex. Yeah. And your button, I would guess is a goat. Yeah. No, sir. An abyss? Nope. A stand? <laughs> it's Nope, it's it's a Carter Insatiable three. Oh, oh man, <laughs> you really going that against one's... going against the grain here? <laughs> yeah, I, I I it fits good in my hand, uh-huh. and I'm able to get it set in my hand, lined up in my hands, so where I'm able to pull through like uh-huh. the hinge. Mm-hmm. So my point of impact is pretty dead on with the hinge. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, I know you are a carbon craft guy like myself. How much yes. weight are you running on your bars? Currently on the front, I've got uh, 11 ounces. Uh-huh. And the rear, I'm running, oh, I think it was like 14, 16 ounces on the rear. All right. All right. Cool. Dude, <laughs> when I hear people running like a nice hefty amount of weight, it gives me anxiety. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> uh, I know how good that bow's going to hold for you. And I'm like, God damn. <laughs> i've lately gone through like this weird renaissance period where i like stripped all the weight off and now i just yep. and now i'm like you know starting over from baby weights <laughs> and i'm just <laughs> right. like i'm like oh man this i can hold this but now i know that like everyone that's holding more weight is holding so much nicer than that <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so uh, i use my, my max weight on that bow 
you know, mass weight is, is usually around the eight pound ish area. Okay. If I, if I exceed that, then I, I tend to struggle a little bit with it. Uh huh. If it's dippy. Yeah. Oh, it's just the fatigue part. Oh, you know, I see. you know, like Randy Long talking about, you know, nobody's going to outwork them. Uh, I get that hundred percent. You have to put the time in uh-huh. and, uh, uh, excessive amount of time with a ton of weight, man, you yeah. start doubting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need a massage gun, ice pack, rest day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have all those things, dude. <laughs> so and I drop. Drop poundage on the bow. Uh, right now, this one being 60 pounds, I've got hold at about 54. But I do have a couple of 50-pound bows coming. Uh, just not necessary anymore. <laughs> Dude, okay. So before you go any further, that's when when I shot my best, my bows were right, right around 51 or 53 pounds. So uh-huh. I am right there with you, dude. Like, no need for anything crazy. Like, I get that. You, you, know. you know where that came from? What's that? The, the, the weight was, uh, I talked to Mark O'Mell last year at Safari. Uh-huh. And, and Mark, man, I saw you on the Rumble. That was so cool. It's like I knew somebody on the line, you uh-huh. know, that I got to shoot with. Excited. He goes, really? I said, oh, yeah, really excited for you. That's awesome. I said, hey, quick, you know, I asked him what he was shooting. He goes, oh, 50 pounds. He says, all this got to do is stick in rubber. I was like, <laughs> you serious? He goes, yeah, you got to try it sometime. I was like, all right, I'll do that. <laughs> Yeah, Mark's super cool. I'm trying to corner that guy for an interview someday, but I think yeah. uh, I might irritate him. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't blame him. You know what I mean? That's kind of my MO. <laughs> right, right. So, Brian, tell me, how do you get um, – like one of the things I wanted to pick your brain on was the the hinge. Like do you shoot it with a click or no click? I shoot it with a click. Okay. Now, do you run that – do you run that release so it clicks when you come into anchor? Like how it seems to be how most people are doing it right now. Or do you have uh, your, another way that you run it? No, I'm doing it a little bit different way. Cause my concern has always been alignment. Cause I know if, if my alignment is good through my elbow out the backside and that's where I pull it. Um, I don't have very many left and rights. It's usually, you know, your little up and down bobbles as you're floating. Um, so I use it as an alignment tool and from, once it goes click, it's, it's carry through, you know, carry on and, you know, go through the shot. Uh-huh. Uh, so you're using the time up into the click to verify your alignment. Yeah. Yeah. The click is that, that, that's what I'm rotating or, or I guess they call it a, um, oh my God, what's the right terminology for that? You're expanding and you're not expanding. Jeez. Uh-huh. No, I know what uh, you mean. Uh, um, like yeah. sh- shooting proud, you're starting to the push and pull or execute. Uh, yeah, and you're settling into the shot, and then once it clicks, it's like it's just a flow through to, out the backside. Because um, I, I used to click when I came to anchor, uh-huh. and it's like it was forever, and then I'd end up with left, so I'd end up with rights, because there was that tentativeness of not sure when it's going, kind of uh-huh. anxiety. Uh-huh. Uh, and I struggled with that for a long time, and finally I was like, okay, i got to do my own mojo. That makes sense though, because I don't like running the click because it seems like when you get the, you clicked, you know, if you click at anchor, now it's like that's your hand, you're getting tense and you're gonna be like, okay, now now's time to you know. Now I got to get serious. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> now it's time to make it perfect, right? Yeah, um, dude, I don't know. Like I I took um 
I took a Dave Cousins seminar once, and he had said that he shot a hinge with a click very similar to how you're describing it right now. Okay. He said that, you know, I'm going to butcher this, and it's been so long, and I've smoked so much (laughs) weed since then. But it was like he would start to work his shot, however that is, and then when it got to the click, he was like, now I'm wrenching. It's like now I'm pulling that shot off. It's go time. He said it was yeah. like a rev limiter. He'd kick up the rev limiter after that click because that was his get it and go. So that's kind of cool. Um, how do you shoot your button? Button's pretty similar. I'll get I'll get to anchor, and I'll I'll rotate for alignment uh-huh. or expand for alignment. And the way I put my thumb on it is what I'm dealing with now is the duplication of the thumb because if you reach for the thumb button. Uh You just change your hand position and the head position. Yeah. I try to keep all the tension across my fingers and just lay my thumb on it. And once it's on there and I'm at anchor and rotated, then it's go. You know, it's expanding. And then I just, I just let it break. I try not to assist it Uh because uh, sometimes those can get ugly. (laughs) (laughs) So I also, I, from Matt Tippins, I got a thumb button and Uh I've been, you know, it's so funny you talk about reaching for the the barrel because tonight I was reaching for the barrel and the shots go off easy, but it's like I feel like the shots go off easy when you reach for it because you, uh-huh. know, you, you kind of wrap your thumb around the the barrel. But I don't know if it's just inconsistent or like my some shots I don't want to do that. I just want to rest my thumb on there and pull. Right. Um, so yeah, like you said, it creates an inconsistency there. Um. Yeah, and in. Like you said, the head, the the hook angle changes when you start yeah. doing all that weird stuff. So uh, I'm working on it too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm kind of playing with the button as well. Um, so Brian, when you started, I remember last year. Did you get some like legit? Co- or I'm sorry, not last year because of COVID. Two years ago, did you get coaching from George Riles? Um. I wouldn't say actual coach coaching because I shot with them a couple of times uh, for Reading. Uh-huh. I, I had them for two two different years in Reading for the weekend. And I'm, I'm not one to be like outspoken or sit there and say, well, wait a minute, what about this type of deal? Uh-huh. But he, listening to him talk to Eli and there was a couple other people on the bell that was chit-chatting with him. So I picked up a couple little tidbits with him there uh-huh. and then, I talked to him after, and he said that if if I wanted to, I can come back and spend an hour with him, you know, fly back to Georgia and visit George, and then oh. come second day and and double check to make sure I got what he, what he had picked up. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm so not sure what to do at the moment because I know most of it is between my ears, right? Uh, and and my form. I've been told for years is good. So I take that with a grain of salt because sometimes you don't feel so good about it. Uh Um, So it just, I always work on my form, but between my head right now, I've read a couple books and I'm trying to, one of them is the, uh, this one, I think Emerson, it was either Emerson or uh, Randy Long mentioned it, but it was uh, uh, what, when, or uh, think, think and win like a champion Uh by Terry Whirling. Uh Uh-huh. And then this other one is a new book out. It's um, it's psychological performance. Don't leave your mind behind. It's um, 
Martha Chavez comes into the shop and she told me they have a psych, uh, psych um, person that works with them. And uh, so I'm reading her book right now. She actually teamed up with another guy. Um, but I'm reading that through right now. And it's it's like instead of using big old fancy words to explain things, uh-huh. it's, it's like in layman's terms. So it's really understandable. And basically, it's thorough. But it, I can understand it. So I'm going through that now to try to get my head straight and all this mess. <laughs> oh, sweet. Um, how are you finding, like, I would imagine you're finding some success with this, which is why you're, this is the thing that you're focusing on now. Like, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm finding more success trying to work mentally because I've been beat through the years. I've, yeah, I've had those days to where it's just easy to shoot. You know, and that's when you're at your peak of the day and you're not over, you're not overworking it and you're not underworking it. You're just like right in that sweet spot. And those days, you know, as well as I do, it just feels like you can't miss. Yeah. You it's up. easy. It, it almost yeah. feels easy. Confidence. You walk up, you shoot. It's like, yep, that's money. And you go to the next shot. Uh-huh. Um, but there's more days not like that, that I know that I beat myself. I come up, especially the last couple of years. I'll come up to the target and I just got the jitters yeah. and there's no reason for it other than what's between my ears. Right. So I, dude, and, and, <laughs> the 80, any 80 yard target for me automatically makes me pucker like, and it's the dumbest <laughs> shit because we've all shot 80 yards, but for some reason, especially last year during the outlaws, anything, uh-huh. any 80 yard target. And I'm like, fuck. And it's just like the worst, it's the worst thing to tell yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you walk up to seventy yarder and you glue onto it and poke an arrow in there and you think, "Yep, that's me." And then you walk up to eighty, it's like, "Uh oh." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the same damn shot. But, yeah, um, change. You're just moving your dial a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting that you're talking about that, Brian, about the the mental game because I kind of feel like uh, one of the things that I had kind of realized is that at our level, right, and that's not to you know, not to blow each other or anything, but at our level, it's kind of like, you know how to shoot, you know how to execute, you know how to aim. You can set you tune a bow for however you want to shoot it. Mm-hmm. The only hang up for guys like us and probably a lot of people at our level is just mental. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, it, and it, it's kind of, I mean, Randy Long has, has been a, a good friend for a while uh-huh. and he, He's always been cool and collected, and even at Reading, I blow a shot. He'll come up and say, hey, Brian, don't worry about this one. I got it. Or, hey, don't worry about this one. We'll get the next one type of deal. He's always been one of those guys to put you back in the presence yeah. and not let you dwell on it, and that's a gift in itself. And I know a lot of that's because of his history with archery. Mm-hmm. And uh, listening to him on your podcast, like, oh, my God, that's my hero type of deal. <laughs> <laughs> he's but, one, he's he, one of my heroes, too, man. <laughs> yeah, he's just one of those guys that, that you really appreciate having around when you go to a bigger shoot like that or even the little shoots or the outlaw or something like that. You get to spend time with. In fact, most of the people we deal with when we go to a tournament, most of them you look, I was like, oh, my God, there's Wendell, there's Rudy, there's Jim. You know, you're so happy to see him. And you know you're gonna get your butt kicked by him, but you're still happy to see him. <laughs> yeah, I, it, dude, I know. The, um, Austin Watts was saying that you know he wants to crash at my place the night before, and he's like, maybe we can shoot a couple rounds in your basement. And I'm like, fuck, I just got my 
mental game in just the right spot. Like, I don't want... <laughs> yeah, I guess, dude. Come on down. We'll have fun. And I'm sure we're going to have right? fun, but now i got to fucking start all over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, dude. Uh, Randy Long is one of those guys that makes you feel good. Like, mm-hmm. it literally makes... It, he's... Like, I love everyone we shoot with, but Randy's yes. one of those people that regardless of how you're feeling, he's just going to make you feel like a couple points better. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. It couldn't have been better. You're one of those guys too, but I always see you like anytime we see each other, it's either early in the morning, like registration or Uh practice line. And then last time was at, I think we were in a shoot off, uh, in at your shop. Oh yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, you're just another one of those guys. That's, uh, Got that good attitude, but anyway, you start to be bad. <laughs> it's out there, though. It's out there. Yeah, you know, you know I see it all the time. I, um, yeah, I won't go down that rabbit hole, but <laughs> I could. <laughs> um, but dude, okay, so I feel like the mental. I mean, this is going to be kind of like a duh statement, but the mental thing, the mental game, I feel like directly. Uh, is linked to our release hand and (laughs) tension. Right. And this is where I wanted to pick your brain because I, Uh this is where I struggle a lot. And I know that you've actually put a lot of work into working this out. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tricks, Brian? Like, do you have a mantra? Do you say anything to yourself to get yourself through shots? Like to, to fight the tension in the release hand or, do you have that well, issue even, or is that, you know, is this just me? Lately, lately, what I've picked up to the books, and like I said, I'm, I am I just finished Terry's, and, and now I'm on this other book. But mainly the deal that I got through Terry's is breathe, relax. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that right now seems to be helping me with a little bit of rhythm. You know, uh-huh. slow down, don't be so anxious. Um and then I usually shoot the hinge on a relaxed side instead of activating it. Uh-huh. Um, I kind of let my fingers, not my fingers necessarily. My fingers are still staying in the old J hook deal, uh-huh. but I let that muscle that's in the palm of your hand kind of let that relax. Kind of like you're letting it go, but you're holding on to it. Uh-huh. So to speak. Um, so between those two things right now, last night really, felt real good to shoot the hinge again because I've been on the button for a while. And I think the button's just kind of been a band-aid to get me through so I can keep shooting and stay at the level. Um, right, and not, but, fall, not fall into any uh, spirals or any any pit holes or, or uh, what's the word? Just not fall down a weird rabbit hole, right? Exactly. Yeah, I don't want to go chasing something that's not there. Right. I am do the exact same thing right now. So, so, so now with working with that is just slow, slowing myself down, mm-hmm. uh, focusing on the shot, just like old, uh, Jill Turner mentions, watch it to keep it. So, yes, you know, it. <laughs> it, it, you know, a little bit of Jill Turner's in there too. I watched and listened to some of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. Um, the, the other one, Lanny Basham, that guy is, it's good too. There's too much notebook. I am not a notebook person. And, you know, as much as I like to keep history with what I'm doing and, and logging things in, most of the stuff is in the feel of that bow. If I get good feedback out of the bow, um, it's like I feel the bow. Instead of just setting a bow up, okay, it shoots perfect, shoot it. Um, I have, 
I spend time with my bow. Uh-huh. I don't sleep with my bow, but I spend time with my bow. <laughs> <laughs> I think but, uh, I, I know Rudy's like way into sleeping with his Hoyts, but <laughs> but yeah, okay, I know what you're saying. You, you're going for a feel. Yeah, I go for the feel of the bow, and when when it feels good, you have confidence. You you feel confident in the shot, and it doesn't matter. Like you're saying earlier, if it's an 80 yard shot, it's it's the same shot. Just execute it like you know how to do it. Trust mm-hmm. yourself. Trust your shot. Trust the float. I mean, we've all heard these things. It's just putting them into action. Right. And part of I think our mental block is we're scared to we're scared. We have a fear of losing, but it's not like the fear into the world. It's it's um I think Ross mentioned it one time. It's the fear of what people think about you. And I keep telling them, you know, it doesn't matter what people think about you. Execute your shot and have fun. Uh huh. This is a game. Right. We're all playing a game here. <laughs> Most people are so concerned with how everyone thinks about them that they're not uh-huh. thinking about us or, you know, they're not thinking <laughs> about you. They're, they're going through the same fucking <laughs> internal struggle. <laughs> That's uh, actually pretty brilliant. I didn't think about that. I I truly do. I mean, before I slow down or or whatever, I truly do want to get to that next level. I mean, I I appreciate my first year shooting senior, walking on the line and seeing, oh my God, Dwayne and Collins and all these guys. I'm like, oh, what did I do to myself? <laughs> Just shooting then, senior pro class, right? <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute enjoy the moment these are the legends these guys are the ones that have been around and set the path for our future my god brian just enjoy the moment and listen to these guys chit chat you know yeah so it's uh it i will i truly want to get to that next rung on the ladder you uh-huh. know whatever it takes and i think that's why right now my focus has been this mental deal right you know some of it you got to work through and some of it it's just got to be, I don't know, presented in the right lingo. I mean, you may say something to me one day and all of a sudden a light bulb will come on. It's one of those things. Uh-huh. You know, and it's not anything that anybody else has said any differently. It's just how you presented it. Yeah. In you a know? way that clicks with you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's kind of been my my career so far. I mean, I've had Randy Long, Ben Hobbs. I mean, you've had Ben Hobbs on your deal too. Mm-hmm. All these guys out there that, we admire they've all contributed to where i'm at now because at impact before there wasn't a whole lot of sharing or giving it's like you had to be in this tight little niche click deal Uh and it it wasn't fun for a while you know so i had to go outside the box and then i met um scott bomar i met henry bass um you know, the guys from shooting outlaw, just start listening to them. I mean, most of the guys were younger than I was, but just start listening and then take little notes and then come home and apply them and see if they work. And if not, I put them in a shoebox because maybe it's not the time for them. I'll pull them out later type of deal. Right. Uh, but it's just been a, and I know I didn't do it on my own because there's been, like I said, those people out there helping, <clears throat> but you know, I, I could thank them over and over and over again. And then, it wouldn't be enough because I wouldn't be where I'm at without assistance because, and the, and it might be now too. I might be at this point to where, Hey, 
maybe it's time to go see George. Maybe it's time to go spend a few bucks and see uh, uh, Joel Turner. Maybe it's time, you know, type of deal to uh -huh. do a little money investment instead of just time and time and time. Well, that's the, other, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to interview you because I know you're the guy that will do that. Like, you want it. Like, you're not going to just <laughs> sit there and be like, oh, well, I guess I'll just fucking guess, you know, or... Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like you're kind of like a go-getter kind of guy, or you're trying to figure out the problem, right? You're trying to f yeah. work this thing out, and so I, I most oh, yeah. sorry, go on, Brian. No, I was gonna say most of my stuff too is like a pay it forward. My I, you know, there's Matt, there's Adam, there's a Ross, there's I mean, I have a bunch of great guys at the shop, and mm -hmm. I want to see them get to that next level too. Uh, the ones that are working for it. But it's like I have to share with them first, and then as they get better, now there's a little push. Yeah. And then I got to work again. Okay, I got to find something else because Ross need or Raleigh, you know, all these guys need this stuff. And it's like, okay, once they get to a better level, now I get this other little push. Mm -hmm. um, so and and for the most part, they're really strong shooters, and but oh, they yeah. just beat themselves up. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you actually, you guys you've cultivated a good team of shooters down there. And uh, I remember when Adam was not shooting four fifties, you know, so you guys have all come up a little bit and yeah, you know, I've seen Adam Ross shoot insane fucking yeah. door scores, you know? <laughs> so it's, yeah, I, I like that. Um, I know exactly what you mean. And that's kind of one of the, you know, purposes of my podcast is like put as much information out to get California shooters like our our group of friends. Face, yeah. Yeah. To raise the bar a little bit because they're doing it up in Washington, you know. Yeah, but, Blake. Oh my goodness. Yeah, all those <laughs> freaks up there are just <laughs> I think Triple X Archery is like um is bit was like built next to a nuclear waste site and everyone <laughs> is just fucking glowing right <laughs> and shooting you know uh, yeah blake's doing a tremendous job up there man yeah. i'm hearing about the, the twins and him and it's like wow yeah the isabiller girls they're they're all they're cultivating like a shooting team up there i mean even though people up there the couple of those people shoot with different shops like right i think henry's one of those people uh-huh but or um the uh, Bodie Turner right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Especially Bodie. Oh my God, that kid's phenomenal. Yeah, I want to pick that kid's brain. You know, and figure out what. <laughs> it's like, okay, kid, <laughs> child, tell me how to relax. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> He's gonna be like, I don't know. Do you play Call of Duty? Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what's funny is the answer is probably something as simple as that. But one of, one <laughs> of the things that I feel like Bodie could tell people is the thing that you were saying like you could probably put it into words that you know that jive with us right <laughs> so um yeah uh, the montana guys they're always killers so uh, yeah. you know i appreciate what you do as because you're doing it you're trying to build uh well not trying to you are building like a stable of killers mm -hmm. so um it's gonna be cool uh getting to mix it up with you guys this weekend yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And and I got a I got a group of kids that are coming up. Some of them don't have a fire under the behind yet, and 
it's funny because the girls I have I have a couple girls that have a fire. Uh-huh. One of them wants to be a professional archer, and she actually signed up for women's championship in Vegas this year. Oh, sweet! So I'm trying to get her at least into the mid 90s. And tonight, um, I have the group of kids on on uh, Wednesday nights too. So tonight, she worked on her game kind of talking her through things relax make good shots and she actually shot her best score she shot a 93 tonight so we're getting there point by point sweet and then i got another young lady that um she's she they live south of me uh but she's on fire she's actually got a big fire in her behind and uh she shoots real well and easy to work with um so i'm i'm having fun with that too i'm just sharpening my skills by helping them with theirs Giving them the tools. Right, right. I uh, Rudy would always tell me about that. Whenever you're helping other people or coaching other people, it helps uh-huh. you reflect on your own shot. So yeah. when you're shooting, you're like, okay, am I doing this? Am I, you know, checking all these boxes and stuff? That yep. I, I'm a terrible coach because <laughs> I would just tell my, <laughs> I would tell my students, like, like, are you aiming in the middle? Okay, start start wrenching on this thing now. <laughs> you know, start. <laughs> But yeah, um, hey Brian. So, what arrows are you bringing to uh, to the shoot this weekend? I am bringing a set of PS twenty sevens. They are um, four hundred sixty two grains, four hundred twenty sixty two okay. grains. They've got a hundred fifty grain point on them. They're uh, the three fifty spine. Mm-hmm. They're about the length of my actual outdoor arrows. They're like 27, 28 inches, somewhere around in there. Are you running veins on those? No, I run a bare shaft, dude. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I am running a three vein. They've got about a one and a half, one, one and a half degree. Uh, These are left. What kind of veins are you using? They are the um, AE stealth veins. All right, cool. Um, just just simple this is actually my second year shooting them awesome so um, you've known about the 150 grain point then for some time uh, um no i i actually if i set up a set of um the easton 2712s uh-huh those are an old recipe that i got from rio they're 32 250 grain mm-hmm. um i have a set of, of victory uh nvx's uh-huh. They're full length, full length out of the box with uh, 250 grain points on those. Uh-huh. Um, I know that 250, yeah, no, the, 250 point is king is what it sounds like for most <laughs> arrow builds. For most. I've been messing around with 150 grain points in everything right now. And I'm like, okay, how have I not found this sooner? Like, how come, <laughs> how come this, I for some reason in my mind, I was like, this wouldn't work, early, you know, any other time. Uh-huh. Um, but how did you come to 150 on your uh, on your arrows? Well, okay, so how I came to 150 was um, last season when I built these, I was going through a set because I, at that time I was shooting 350 spine outdoor. Mm-hmm. Well, I came across, we started carrying Black Eagle at the shop, and I was like, holy cow, they got a 350 spine here, perfect. So I started looking at the point weights, and they had, um, they had like, 90 grain or 110 grain and 150 grain. I was like, how am I going to tune these things? You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I started thinking, wait a minute, I'm shooting 120 grain with my outdoor arrows at a 350 spine. 
Now, I am dealing with a larger diameter, which has more structural stiffness to it, just right. being large. Maybe the 150s will work. Mm-hmm. So I stuck them together and started shooting them. And I like the fact that the speed of them, they were getting out of the bow faster than a 600 grain uh-huh. typical 27 shaft. So with me, it's not necessarily your forgiveness. It's just I have less effect on that arrow. Yes. Dude, that's exactly what I've been thinking also. Keep going, Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. So, and and also referring back to the shop of my ladies that shoot indoor. The first thing they want to do is they want to get a big old fat, heavy 27 shafts. Like, whoa, wait a minute. But shoot some 23s or something we can spine mm-hmm. and get the weight down. Well, why? My husband's shooting 27s. I should shoot 27s. Look, if you shoot a 27... It might be a little slow out of your bow, and your little twitches you have with your hand can affect where you want it to hit. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, do whatever you think, Brian, you know, type of deal. Uh-huh. So I just kind of put that into perspective with myself. It was like, okay, I'm getting older, a little shakier. Things don't hold like they should. Maybe I should follow my own words, <laughs> my own wisdom, and uh, that's where I ended up with those. Dude, that's exact. I'm like right on the same path of like, I don't know if it's, I don't break like in a smooth single motion the same way every time. Maybe that's what, like, if you can do that, maybe that's where you can get away with running the 250 points. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like where I'm at now, a 150 point and a faster arrow, like you said, arrow comes off the bow. There's less lock time. I, I think they call it lock time, right? Okay. Uh, or I've heard, really milliseconds. <laughs> yeah, 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 milliseconds, right? But yeah, I feel like it's little things like, um, you know, where you like say say you execute a shot and there's like a hiccup at the very end, right when the shot breaks. I feel like oh, with a 150, that arrow is like not way out, you know, or I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, it's just off weird. the bow. <laughs> yeah. It, that whole concept of forgiveness, I'm super anti because I'm like, you want that arrow to land where your pin was. But I do know, you know, like hand torque, weird hand torque that comes in for whatever reason uh-huh. s- seems less uh, impactful of where the arrow lands with a faster arrow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's one thing I noticed last night shooting with Adam was – I found myself getting later later in the game that my bow hand was actually starting to tense up. And I was like, you know, you do that old uh, George Riles, look at your hand, like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, okay, why am I tensing up? So the minute I lessen the tense tenseness in my bow hand, relax my bow hand back out where it should be, my shot broke. So my hand, it's, I don't know. I think men's men's brains are compartmental to boxes. <laughs> right, right. So when I relaxed the hand, shot broke, and I watched that arrow go right where the pin was. And it was like, holy cow, that's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you, um, are, like, do you get, when you get tension in your release hand, do you just tell your release hand, like, hey, easy. <laughs> Or, like, do you have some... Because, like, the one thing I I struggle with the most right now is, I guess, just working that hinge and not 
you know, seizing up on that release hand. Yeah. The over, over aiming, I think has a correlation to the hand. Yeah. Over trying, like over trying yep. also. Yeah. Over trying. Yep. Yep. I, yeah. That's, that's all in one line. A <laughs> yeah. Over trying, over aiming. Um, uh, keep it's, it's like you're keeping your head in the presence of your shot. Like Joel Turner says, uh-huh. you know, he, he throws on a mantra and, uh, um, I listened to him one day and then I went to work and Martha, Martha shows up early in the morning. Uh-huh. So with her being on the para team and having George at her access and her coach at her access. And then the, some of the psychological coaches she has, we'll get into a conversation and she goes, you know what, Brian, I don't have a mantra. I get up there and I execute my shot. I was like, Whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. What do you mean? You don't have a mantra. She goes, I I don't think like that. I don't process things. I get up there and I do my job and I try to do it relaxed and as precise as I can. So having a mantra going on in my head doesn't work. It gets in the way. And I was like, Oh, okay. Ooh, I like that. That was, that was her deal. And uh-huh. then later on in the conversation, I'm starting to realize, you know what? It's kind of like how I shoot. I, I don't shoot with a, I don't have that game plan on my head, which would be a positive thing because mm-hmm. now you can um what is it uh mental imagery uh-huh. i think that's what they call it where you think through the shot and then you execute the shot mm-hmm. um that's really tough for me uh, m- mine is a very it's a very visual uh touch it's always been nuts and bolts to me uh-huh. you know touch it and feel it we're good all this mental imagery stuff, I can't touch it and orientate it and <laughs> yeah. tweak it, put it into place. It's it's um, it's really tough for me to do that. But I get the positive side of that, too, because if you can visualize it, you can do it. Right. Uh, so that's part of what I'm trying to learn now also is, is that part of it. Toward, maybe not so much because of lack of time, because since I've had the shop, my shooting is probably say I shoot five, 500 arrows a week. Now it used to be a thousand, 1200 arrows a week. So I have to find another Avenue like you're doing with the baby and everything. You find another Avenue to get your shooting in. Uh So that's kind of where the mental imagery can come into play. Um, quality over quantity now, instead of so much of getting out there and just flinging arrows, getting warmed up and then working on something. Now it's like that first arrow is, an executed arrow. It's no longer a warm up arrow. Right. Um, the, those types of things have minimized. Um, and, and then the other thing too, I can do is just get my butt up early with my wife and get out the door at six o'clock and I'd have a few more hours. <laughs> yeah, dude, I know, man, it's, you know, what's nuts is that, um, like time being so tight to practice or practice being so difficult to get. I now find, like like you said, your first arrow is is an executed shot. It's like I'm making a perfect shot on a clean face, right? Yep. So now when I go, <laughs> when I go to these shoots and they're like first two rounds are uh <laughs> you know, practice, you know, you get three arrows of practice. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like putting it all <laughs> into <What's> these <laughs> Yeah. I'm putting it all into this like blank face shot where I'm like, Okay, I'm counting this one, you know? Uh, like I almost walk away after six arrows going, Hey, can I score those first six? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? so, but yeah. 
the good thing about that though is if you go to vegas or you go to the sheet like we're doing this weekend if you can get those first six arrows off in your target and start creating the black hole mm-hmm. you're miles ahead versus yeah. somebody that having bad shots in the beginning and then their first scoring ends they're they're nailing it right you know you're those two arrows per hole in front of them yeah so that's true you start punching your your you start printing your path right there on exactly the six yeah hey uh brian what what uh that leads me to wonder what kind of lens and reticle you run <laughs> Okay, so this year, <laughs> Matt's got a story with this. <laughs> okay, so so this last year during COVID, Matt comes in and goes, Hey, Brian, have you checked out those new Bowfinger sights or the scopes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah, I like my shrewd, you know. Uh-huh. I'm busy at the shop. Sometimes my heads aren't into conversations. But nah, I'm good with that shrewd. It's good as long as they keep making it. So, and it's funny because it's not a week later, a customer comes in and says, Hey, I want to order a shoot scope. I want to get a mini mag. Da, 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 da. Okay, cool. I go to order this thing and Moose at Lancaster Archery goes, That's discontinued, Brian. I was like, What? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 wait a minute. What are you talking about? That can't be. No. He goes, Yeah, you're discontinuing that. I was like, Oh my God. All right. I'll call you back on this one. <clears throat> so get off the phone. Start thumbing, thumbing through the catalog, find this guy. Uh, uh, I ended up doing like the AV31 on this guy because that's a tried and true scope. Uh-huh. But um, so when I call Moose back, I said, hey, why don't you uh, throw in one of those 30 millimeter bow fingers? I want to check that out. <laughs> uh-huh. so Matt comes in. I say, hey, Matt, order one of those bow fingers. He goes, what? <laughs> so that's the big joke around there. He goes, I'll never shoot a bow finger just because Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so um but no i'm i'm actually using the 30 millimeter bow finger um it's got a feather vision drilled lens it's a 19 thousandths drilled with a hundred thousandths etched black ring cool no light on it right now um i played with the light played without the light i i think i like a solid ghosted dot because uh-huh. it doesn't catch my attraction but it's in your vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that allows me to focus more on the target where I want the arrow to go instead of watching that dancing dot. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, right. What, um, um, what magnification are you running? Yeah, the, it's a six. It's a six. Okay. So does your dot, does it cover the the X? Um, yeah. When it's in there, it does. Okay. <laughs> That's about the size. Is about X ring. Yeah, it's about X ring. X ring into the ten. A couple of years back, I used a dot big enough that it would cover about two thirds of the nine. Uh huh. So I didn't see any holes. Right, right, right. Um, but walking down on the the when when you go walk down at Vegas and start looking at the different setups that some of the uh, the big bad pros are like you. Oh, and, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I'm talking about. You walk and see what their setups are. They're ranged from one end of the spectrum to the next. I mean, look at Brandon Williamson. Yes. That guy's dot is a is a size of a a, a bottle cap. Yeah, you know? it's, a, it's a trash can lid. Exactly. Yeah, but that also depends on the power he's using. I mean, if he's using an eight or a ten or whatever, uh-huh. I could possibly see that size dot. But what's he covering? 
Right. Uh, well, I I shoot an eight with a small okay. dot, and the dot looks like um looks like an arrow hole, basically. Okay. So I am de- dealing with it dancing all over the place, just like you're talking about. So, uh-huh. you know, on good days, you know, I can control it. On bad days, I end up over trying. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't smoke weed as much as I used to anymore because I'm an older guy now. <laughs> I got to be present. And so uh, I'm less relaxed. <laughs> right. <laughs> on the whole. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So, yeah, six power lens. You you digging this uh you digging this bowfinger scope? Yeah, it seems to be a pretty good scope. And if I need more light on it, I'll take just take the shade off. Cool. Um another thing I just did recently too, um I'm trying to remember who I learned it from. Um maybe some oh, I saw a, a podcast with George on it. George was well, he was more of a voice on it because they did a a, a podcast with George at their shop and it's where uh in Texas. Um, but anyways, what he was talking about is I've always set up my peak to where I had just a little halo around my scope. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it, the halo got bigger, obviously you got a little bit more float. So he was mentioning of putting a smaller peep in to where you can barely see your scope. Oh. Uh, so I played with that a little bit and so far I'm liking it. I actually had this big green ring on the front of my face and I've got just my scope there the way Bowfinger sells it. Uh-huh. Um, so I can always pull the shields off if I need a little bit of light on that fiber so or not. You don't need to run a centering ring at all. You, you're just... No. Oh, cool. No. Um, so, and because I always wonder, Martha uses the micro, <clears throat> the micro peep uh-huh. that you get the Fletcher micro. She's always used that, nothing else. I'm like... In my shop, I can't even look through it because it's so stinking dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she's she's acclimated herself to using that all these years. And I always ask her, why do you use such a small peep? And she goes, why wouldn't you? So it went over my head. I never thought any more of it. I was like, all right, Martha, you know better than I do. <laughs> oh, I never so, thought about that. <laughs> so now my groups are tighter. Uh-huh. I think the center is closer to center now. Right. Instead of floating in the center mm-hmm. so your alignment's uh, better right out of the gate is what it sounds yes. like yeah exactly my alignment yeah that's cool you know you're trying to get your body aligned up with using clicks off of hinges and you don't even think about your vision <laughs> <laughs> do you find um that the uh that smaller peep uh aperture makes the target and uh your pin like clearer or yeah, it makes it a little bit clearer, but with with what I see now, uh, it's a little darker too. But okay. it's not bad; it's still doable. Right, right. I, <clears throat> I, the, I run the aperture that's one up from the smallest. I, I don't remember okay. what it is, but I use the like I, the current de- to this day. I still preach to people to run a smaller peep because it, you know, when people tell me that, you know, that things are blurry, you know, maybe uh-huh. the target's blurry or they lose their pin. Uh, I'm like, oh, maybe your aperture is just too big because I know when I yep. run it smaller, man, it's like target's clear, dot is right there. So I'm not against going one smaller, just to you know, that sounds like yeah. a, a solid uh, a solid trick there. Right. Well, as far as this guy's getting older, you know, our vision starts going right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, oh man, I was like, I'm like laughing and crying at the same time. <laughs> 
<laughs> You're on the younger side, though, for a senior pro. You're one of the, like the young pups on the senior pro class. Fifty six. Yeah, they should. You should just. <laughs> that's just regular pro, dude. <laughs> oh man. Well, Brian. Hey, man. Uh, thank you for taking time out of your day um, to talk to me. Like, I really appreciate it. Um, I know you're dealing with a lot at your shop. Rudy told me that you guys got broken into or like attempted break in recently. No, no, no. That was uh, Spot Archery did that. Oh, that or was the spot. Yeah, it was the spot that did that. Yeah. Oh, well, I got a call. Uh, uh, Billy uh-huh. on a, on early morning and he was asking me about it. I was like, man, I don't know nothing about your shop. What's going on? So he told me they had a, somebody attempt, they backed into it again. Jesus. So, again? Yeah. They've been hit once before that I know of. And then this last time. Jesus. So, well, um, I, I like the guys at the spot, but Oh, thank God. It wasn't, I'm glad it wasn't you guys. <laughs> <laughs> when you said it was a spot, I was like, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> oh. But yeah, uh, I really appreciate it, Brian. Uh, dude, you are—you uh, got a ton of wisdom in this game, and it's—it's uh, it's all stuff that you've worked hard for and earned. And so, uh, well, some of the stuff, you know, like I said earlier, some of the stuff is just listening to people that have been around it, uh, more mature in this sport, and. Uh, you know, you pick up little little cookie crumbs once in a while that that really help out your game, and and other times you just got to work it. And right. That's why you know, listening to you guys and your podcasts like I've been doing, it's it's been good. It's been uh, fun. Dude, my podcast is mainly you know mainly an outlet for me to tell jokes, but I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. Between, <laughs> what's that? I was like between yours and 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 uh, uh, Rudy's because I listen to Rudy's too. You, it's it's good stuff. I mean, okay. So granted, it's not going to fix everybody, mm-hmm. but it makes you think about what you're really trying to do. Like for example, when you get into the FOC deal, uh-huh. these arrows aren't made for that. When you go to more FOC, you got to go to a heavy arrow, mm-hmm. and now you're locked in. You know, it's just turns into a mess <laughs> yep yep i uh, yeah so. I, I there's definitely not one thing that's going to fix everyone but hopefully it, we can just get people to start examining what they need yeah exactly i think education is a big thing yeah um go through this and we start working with our younger guys and or even just new new shooters is uh giving them enlightening them i guess not telling them but enlightening them on things that they should be processing and think about so they don't end up down those rabbit holes and yeah end up spinning their wheels exactly or god forbid leaving the sport even because yeah that that happens to guys too like uh you know there's a bunch of guys that up here that i've spent time with you know try to help them out and i don't even know where they're if they're even shooting right now it's a bummer but yeah uh, yeah yeah at least we got the ones that stay are the ones that you know they're going to be the ones that we all push, you know, kind of push each other. Yeah, on. exactly. We all, we all bend each other's ear. and <laughs> Dude, I love that. <laughs> oh, your Fresno guy's got some funny words. <laughs> but awesome, Brian. Thank you for taking time uh, to talk to me, man. Uh, you always got a bunch of great advice, great info. Uh, I look forward to shooting with you this weekend. Yeah, for sure. And, well, thanks for having me on. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, I've wanted to have you on for a long time. I've just, um, I, I had this plan to have you on like w- way earlier, 
but uh, uh. I started getting on these you know rants that just doing these like solo getting high kind of things and (laughs) and now i'm like trying to actually get better at archery so i I need to pick the brains of some good shooters there you go (laughs) but yeah when you when you find let me know oh shut shut the hell up (laughs) shut up (laughs) but cool man i'll see you this weekend all right take care wendell thank you yeah take it easy on me all right (laughs) all right all right later buddy bye well, people, there you have it. Uh, that was a fun conversation with Brian Webb. Man, that guy's a, such a great shooter. Super, super positive. Super nice dude. Um, I hope you guys picked up some some tidbits. I think he said, called it cookie crumbs. <laughs> dude, even, even his analogies are funny. <laughs> but, yeah, just remember, guys, uh, indoor, you're battling... You're battling your mental game. I mean, you're battling a lot of stuff, all right? There's a lot of shit that we can distill this into, whether it be, you know, a game of aiming, a game of executing your mental game. These are all things that you have to be on point with. Again, it's a balancing act. You don't want to be too, you know, don't overdo it. Don't try it. Don't be a try hard, you know, just get it done. Um, and get it done as cleanly as you can, just like um, you know uh, that lady that shoots at Brian's shop said. Uh, you know, with that being said, don't don't slack on shit. Anyway, uh, one of the things that I kind of came across um, this week was lock time, and I kind of mentioned it to Brian, but I didn't want to get way into something that I have no fucking clue what I'm talking about because I didn't want to waste his time, but. Um, Lock time is uh, the definition is uh, lock time or action time refers to the time interval often measured in milliseconds from when the trigger of a firearm is activated until the firing pin strikes the primer and depends on the design of the firing mechanism. Now, I had heard Dave Cousins talk about lock time before and he refers to, you know, his definition of lock time is basically when you activate your release to the time that arrow leaves your bow. Um, or when that arrow it hits a point in which you do no longer influence it. And, uh, you know, you heard me and Brian talking about the 150 grain point for a little extra speed to reduce lock time to then get that arrow off your shit so that you don't influence it. Uh, I am finding at this moment, I don't know. So here's another thing. I am finding that that is very much true and benefiting me right now. If you guys checked out Chris Perkins' Instagram when he was talking about different arrow builds and there not being a formula for any one person, he said it's because you build your arrows around your shooting style. And I I think he's 100% right on. I think for some of us, we need that lock time reduced. For other people, they can shoot a heavier arrow that is probably more stable. I like. There are benefits that come to shooting a heavy-ass arrow. You know, Um and I think for those people that can shoot that heavy arrow, they either have a longer draw length, they have a smoother follow through, you know, maybe they have a smoother, you know, whatever execution, call it what you will, right? For the rest of us, or, you know, short draw people or people like myself that are still uh, working shit out, I think reducing lock time is a benefit. 
and I've had really good success with faster arrows. And that seems to be the route I'm going right now. Make it, building a faster arrow seems to be the thing that is benefiting me. At least in practice. Um, man, so did everyone see the, like, all the pros are getting new contracts and everyone's getting new bows and whatnot. Everyone's changing shirts and whatever. Oh, I could not care less. And uh, I know it's not a good thing with me to say because I'm not promoting the sport in any way that way. But who gives a shit? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Who shoots what? Uh, Stefan Hansen, as cool as he is, made a post where he was like, what am I going to be shooting tomorrow? And he, like, pixelated a bow. And it was like, I could not believe how many people were like, dude, you need to shoot a Hoyt, or you need to do this, or leave PSC, blah, blah, blah. Who gives a fuck, man? You guys are ridiculous. And maybe everyone's just being playful, and I'm the one taking it the wrong way. But, uh, man, it's like all the bows for the past year, they're all the same. Like, they're... I, I love the Matthews G2, all right? The 38 G2. Is it a radically different bow from the 38? Nah. No, it's not. <laughs> is the uh is it I mean there was even a, a a switch between the engage the year of the engage grip and the non, you know, back in the 38s. Those were the same. They changed it for some reason, you know. Maybe riser stiffness, who knows. The Invicta is a different bow. It's a PSE Dominator, all right? And I know I'm, like, speaking sacrilege here. Uh, you know what? It, it's a cool-looking Dominator. <laughs> the the Invicta is a cool bow, all right? You know, let, me, let me backtrack here. Um, but what I'm trying to, like, slowly edge this conversation to is Greg Poole, in his last podcast, he said something about along the lines of, hey, you guys, like, you got to support the industry because the industry is everything. The industry is what makes archery, blah, blah, blah. I know the industry. I'm Greg Poole. Love, peace, and jive, jive talk, chicken grease bullshit, right? He is a little bit correct, all right? The bow companies fund big events, and, like, the industry is what puts on big events. But let's not forget the consumer is king, okay? So when Greg Poole goes and talking all this bullshit about, you know, we all bend over for the, the industry because the industry sacrifices for us, no. All right? Especially when you crank out the same fucking bow with a different cam or you put a, a new set of colors out, all right? That's not a new bow. That's not innovation. You have innovated up until this point, and not to take away from the companies. I heard, like, Archery Hooligan does this really funny thing where he put up this post where it was, like, showing all the Matthews cams for, like, the past eight years, and they all look very similar, right? Not eight years, probably, like, three years. And it was, like, innovation, huh? Uh, Like, he's right, all right? They haven't changed the cam much, but you know what Matthews did figure out? This fucking tall-ass riser thing, this long, flat riser. That now uh, Prime is completely stolen and Martin is completely stolen. And I'm just waiting to see Hoyt steal it. Come on, Hoyt. Make that fucking broomstick riser. I want to see it. Um, but I think a, a big thing is o- that's overlooked is the consumer. You know? Like, it's 
I get super pissed because I feel like the archery industry tries to sell us bullshit sometimes. I feel like they try to sell us little pieces of plastic that we can tie onto their, our, our shit that cost them one set to manufacture. And then they're going to charge us eight bucks so that we can tie it on and we can be like, oh, I got that thing that Levi Morgan has. How cool am I? I'm cool, right? It works. I, I gain a point from that. I get I get X's from that. And it's like, dude, uh, you know, come on, man. They can, don't forget, archers. We are archery. Not Greg Poole and not all these big fucking companies, right? I'm going to go so far as to say not even all the top pros are archery. You know what is archery? It's all the people that go to the clubs that make up, you know, club shoots, fun shoots, novelty shoots everywhere. That's archery, man. That's some grassroots shit, and that is the foundation of archery. As much as I don't do my part for my local club, like, I, I you know, I'm just too busy. I have sacrificed hours and hours for my local club Uh, more than hours i'm going to say at least 100 hours i've sacrificed for that club and maybe that's a huge exaggeration but that's archery man and if all the industry if the industry shut down tomorrow right and there was no longer any god forbid there wouldn't be any archery uh, like archery shops archery would still exist and there would still be people competing at archery i promise you so, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just, I get triggered so easily and it's like, maybe I need to smoke more weed and stop being such a little bitch about every little thing I hear. But God damn it. If I got to hear some fucking stupid gorilla be like, uh, you don't know, you know, the industry, I'm going to have to pull your ghetto card, bro. And it's just like, dude, <laughs> do you? Did your wife really let you talk like that? Like, in public? Is this a, I, I really hope this is a character. But um, judging by the tattoos on his body, it's not. That's really him. So anyway. Uh, yeah, you know what? Be appreciative of the industry. Be appreciative of the companies. They have innovated up to where we are now. Um. You know, there's a, my grain of salt is, you know, they also try to sell us dog shit and just to extract more money from us. There is good shit out there, though. And that's one of, like, one of the reasons why I am all about the Matthews TRX. I believe that that bow is a shooter, you know? Like, that is something different that wasn't done before. It, it's a bow that is made to shoot. I believe that when PSE made the moneymaker way back in the day, that was a bow that is like made for shooting maybe indoors for that money maker. Cause that thing was slow as sin. But, um, and you know, you guys, you guys form your own opinions. You know, this is just what I'm thinking. Uh, you know, there's plenty of good shooters that can shoot with any bow out there that can whoop my ass. You know what I mean? And I don't want to take away from, I realize that when I shit on the industry, the trickle-down effect is shitting on the shops, which is not true, okay? The shops are really where it's at because the shops also help with the things like the clubs. You know what I mean? Uh, Archery shops kind of direct people to the nearest archery club, and that's all part of the grassroots thing. Those people need arrows to shoot. They're going to get it from the shops. Ultimately, that comes down from the, quote, industry. So, you know... That there is bullshit with what I'm saying. You know, it's not what I'm saying is not this pure clean thing that is black and white. It's gray. 
but god damn it don't listen to big dumbasses tell you how to think all right or this whole like bend over backwards and like oh thank you so much industry thank you so much thank you you've given us another bow it looks like last year's bow but it's okay you know i'm gonna buy this one too you know what i mean it's like dude come on with that being said i am slowly putting a little fun together to buy next year's bow whatever that's gonna be and uh, you better believe it i'm gonna get it from west coast archery so It'll probably be a Matthews. <laughs> Radically different? Eh, it probably won't be, but it might be a 36-inch axle, axle versus a 38, because I'm tiny. I'm a tiny person. Um, let's see. So I ranted about pool. I answered like one or two questions. Talked about lock time. Lock time is the big thing that's been on my mind this week. All right? That, working my hinge release, working a thumb button in there every so often. I've had really good practice with the hinge this week tonight it kind of fell apart but <clears throat> as you can hear i kind of have a little cold maybe i can blame it on that maybe i can't um i went back to shooting a thumb button tonight just because things were kind of falling apart uh the way i was shooting my thumb button was the way that brian webb said not to where i was reaching for the peg i would reach for the peg rest my thumb on there and then get my third you know my middle finger and third finger after and then when it was time to shoot i would start pulling you know all four of those fingers together straight back bam and when i reached for that thumb barrel it went in you know those shots went easy much harder for me to get those shots to go off when i just rest my thumb on but you know i got tiny hands <laughs> i'm a tiny dude you know <laughs> i'm not like vietnamese tiny but I'm like a smaller scale American, all right? So anyway, uh, no offense to my Vietnamese brethren. You guys are awesome. You did great in that one war, you know? For those that are here, uh, hey, man, I'm an Asian American too. Uh, so I think I've rambled on quite a bit. I hope this guy's gave you guys uh, something to work on. Like this week, I think your focus should be, you know, I mean, I know I talked about lock time and how you can adjust for lock time, right? You can throw a lighter point in. You can switch to feathers, blah, blah, blah. Shoot a lighter arrow. I don't care. Most of you are going to have your, your arrows figured out at this point. So what are you working on? Mental game should be one, right? Talking yourself down from trying too hard is the other. Getting your release to go smooth. That should be your homework for the week, you know? Maybe not even the week for the next three fucking months until Vegas, you know, because when pressure comes on and don't forget, you got leagues to shoot. Get out there and shoot your leagues, support your local shop, um, shoot with your friends for money, get some pressure under you because the pressure is going to increase. It's going to change that mental game and it's going to increase tension in that release hand and you got to figure out a way to break it. You got to break it loose and get back to that loosey goosey flow state. All right. So, again, I hope I helped you guys. This episode is brought to you by the awesome DB Custom Coatings. Check out their Instagram. Uh, they are Seracoders. They kick ass. They do some super cool custom stuff. Oh, my goodness, sneeze. <laughs> oh, Jesus, again. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. So unprofessional. Anyway. 
like I said, I'm, I'm I got a cold right now. I'm just getting over a cold. Um, DB Custom Coatings, they be Cerakote and Bows. And if I wasn't so neurotic, I would have my bow torn apart right now, and it would be getting Cerakoted. But I'm so anal about trying to get my scores up. Um, the AB Invitational is going to be Baby X, right? So we're shooting Super, well, super Ten, right? Where you we say Baby X, it's really Baby Ten. Super 10 is what they call it, or it's X's or nothing, right? X's or nines, basically. If you shoot an eight, you know, I'm sorry, you had a hiccup. Uh, it's going to be a bloodbath. There's going to be great shooters coming from as far as Reading uh, and as far as south as Fresno. And they are all going to West Coast Archery for this invitational. It's going to be cool. I'm hoping I can get an interview somewhere in there. But, um, you know, after a shoot, people are so drained. They don't want to be, especially get talked to by me, of all people. Uh, I'm irritating at best. I'm like I'm like a tiny, bizarro version of that guy that I was just bitching about. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I've been practicing. I'm feeling good, uh, with the exception of today. You know, I got to practice twice today, and my second practice didn't go all that well, but whatever. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, so I'll keep you guys updated. I might, you know, God willing, I crank out another podcast this week. That would be cool. But if I don't, uh, here's the, the meat and potatoes for you guys. You guys have homework. You know what you need to be working on. Uh, let's get it going, and I'll check in with you guys next week, all right? So... Peace. Uh, whoa, oh, damn. I don't want to say it like that. Fuck peace. I mean, no, not fuck peace. Peace is great. Uh, how am I going to close this out? Let's see. Bill Cosby's still out there. Yeah, I've used that. Y'all got to shoot better than Alec Baldwin. You guys already know that one already. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, I, I kind of got one, but it's kind of the same thing as the Baldwin one. You know, insert Rittenhouse where Baldwin was, but I don't know. That's kind of like the Rittenhouse thing's all political now, so it might make somebody mad. Um, I got it. shoot X's, not protesters, huh? Unless you're pro Rittenhouse, then it's like, hey, you could go either way. I, you know, doesn't matter what my opinion is on it, but or you can say shoot X's like protesters. Bam. All right, there we go guys. There's the episode for today. Peace.